0: Heal Yourself, Heal Your Life with Healthy Hive Publishing. Well, welcome to Episode 5 of From Burnout to Belonging. We're here in the office of Dr. Kim Garosi, and we are going to be talking about Chapter 4 Of her book, From Burnout to Belonging, The New Career Model, The Office Microculture.
1: We can't wait. Can you? Hello. We don't have to wait.
0: We don't have to wait. We're doing this right now. We're here. We're here and we're doing it now. So- We've got a couple podcasts behind us.
1: People we have are several. Tuning in. several we're listening. at the several stage now. We're at now. the several
0: stage now. Mm-hmm. And people are seeing that this is a great companion to the book. Yes. You can read a chapter, listen to the podcast, get a little bit of extra feedback, a little that bit is more insight. we're getting. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about this. And uh, today we're talking about the new career model. And the, uh, the chapter starts out with you talking a little bit about the transition from the gig economy. So why don't we start off with just a little bit of a definition of what the gig economy is and how we're adapting to that.
1: So the gig economy is opposed to the, you know, forced to work certain times, certain hours, certain places, right? Mm-hmm. The gig economy is a little bit more free. And I think the gig economy is what people have been working toward or wanting Mm -hmm. since the 70s and 80s, right?
0: And it's something that the Generation Z kids are all over. They've jumped on it because it it opens all kinds of possibilities for them.
1: It's very natural to them. Mm -hmm. To generations prior, it's what they dreamed about. Mm -hmm. And maybe if they rose to the level of competence in their profession where they could dictate terms, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll work from... Nine to twelve on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Right when
0: you get that corner office, and then you get to decide exactly. On Fridays, I'm I'm usually playing golf by one.
1: That's right. When you When you would get to a level of expertise or fame, or Mm -hmm. excuse me, fame or you know brilliance, right? You could dictate, and it was unheard of to dream about a gig, job, Mm -hmm. work when you want, and although. A lot of gig jobs, they may say, hey, work when you want, but that doesn't mean you don't have to put a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. It just means that you don't have to get in the car and drive to
0: a location yeah. to do it. And we talked yeah. a little bit about that, that work-life balance and how the commute right. from the office right. can then start to eat into your your personal life. But also if you're working from home and you don't have clear boundaries at home established, correct. then that can start to
1: correct and kind
0: of draw you in as well
1: making sandwiches before the kids get on the bus versus, you know, <laughs> yeah. hurry up, get out the door. I have things to do.
0: Yeah. Now the, the transition came about, you know, and, and we're, we're doing this podcast now post pandemic. We are. So there've been a lot of, we, adjustments. we hope post pandemic. Well,
1: <clears throat>
0: I think we're, I think we're, let, let's say we're past the worst part.
1: Yes. We'll okay. say that.
0: But uh, the, the workforce and and companies were forced to try to, decide uh, whether they were going to try to retire that traditional model or adapt it yes. to try to meet the, the workers. These are interesting times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know about you, but I hear more and more from uh, patients and uh, colleagues that there's a mix now mm-hmm. of there's a return to work, but there's an option mm-hmm. for homework, um, which at some point takes away the excuse of snow days
0: mm-hmm.
1: and holidays. Oh, as a school teacher, I miss <laughs> the days
0: when you knew it was coming. You and knew that, yeah. You knew that. You'd the, roll over and you'd get that phone call and say, "I'm going, going back to bed, and I'll shovel the driveway later." Right now, you right. got to shovel that driveway because at seven thirty, you're going remote from somewhere in your house. Correct. You know, into a, a Google Meet or a Zoom call with hopefully and you, all the children. Yes, tuning in from their cameras. Tuning in, and you got to be on camera
1: again with the the sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly in the morning, (laughs) with the juice box up in front of the the Chromebook, right? And you have to have the lessons prepared. Yeah.
0: So and the background clear, so that you know you're inviting your classroom into your home. Sure. So then they say, Mister Scovia, what's that?
1: It's a cat.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, my cat. And then over. you have the, you know, then you lose that hour of instruction because everybody wants to introduce their pet.
1: They're gone, right? Yeah. Every yeah, we're off topic, and everybody wants to talk <laughs> yeah. about their.
0: Speaking of yeah. off topic,
1: yes. I think we're getting a
0: little off topic, aren't well,
1: we? Well, I mean, you know? he's so precise today, people.
0: <laughs> we got a lot to cover. <laughs> Okay. We do. We do have a lot to cover. Shoot. So, you know, as we, as we deal with this uh, adaptation to the traditional work model, you get up, you commute, you go to the office, you put in your eight hours and then you come home. We now have this, this traditional, um, or this, this transition
1: a modification. Yeah.
0: yeah, And, and people are starting to, you know, entrepreneurs are embracing it and, and up and running with it. You have the, the mobile workforce that can now work from any location Anywhere. at any time.
1: Provided they answer their phone. Which will be the topic of one of my future books? Oh, okay. Oh, (laughs) customer service. Customer
0: service. Yeah, that's that's maintaining for for managers. Maintaining professionalism
1: and customer service when you're not in an office setting. Hmm. That's very important. Uh,
0: You know, sometimes we we define our behavior by our location. Correct. You know, good point. So that's profound. That's why we do the podcast. Maybe you should narrate it. To, instead of from the lounge, yes, so we can correct. maintain. Yes, <laughs> but we're talking about maintaining not only um, you know uh, protocols, but also trying to embrace and foster a healthy workplace environment. And again, one of the benefits of the book is this isn't you just with an idea and rambling, but you did the research behind it as well. And uh, you found the research is out there that supports that companies with the healthy workplace environment are two and a half times more likely to see an increase in their stock price. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, it, it behooves management. It behooves the company's goal to keep a healthy workplace.
1: Sure. That's the justification for it. Mm -hmm. Why should we care about culture and microculture and work environment? It's similar to the economic justifications of sustainability in Mm -hmm. businesses, right?
0: You're going into economics, your favorite topic.
1: Oh, my. Here here it comes. Well, triple bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. People, planet, profit. And how do you make a case for caring about the environment or, you know, your surroundings or the future of the planet, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. since it's, you know, in dire crisis, right? So – you have to make a financial case to business people. Mm-hmm. Why does this matter? It will this generate profit. Mm-hmm. So will productivity, will happier employees, will will departments and people who get along better do better work. Mm-hmm. Sure to us, you know, intuitively it's a no-brainer, but when you put dollars to it, then you say this is worth paying attention mm-hmm. to. Yeah.
0: Because it always comes
1: down to the bottom line for It's real. It it does in in, in our in our you know, economic system mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Yeah, and we saw a lot of companies that couldn't make the transition during the pandemic, and for whatever reason, ended up yes collapsing in on themselves. Yes. So for no other reason, it makes good business sense to consider workplace culture, and you present that very well in this chapter. Um, let's define a little bit about what culture is then within the workplace, and you have a great quote in there. You just say the way things are done around here.
1: That's right. <laughs> it's what it is until you realize that it's no good. Mm-hmm. right it is the way things are done but there's a, there's a distinction that we make from culture with a capital c the company culture which is in their you know their 401k or their you know mission statements mm-hmm. and their corporate plans and things like that and in their communiques and all of that required filings to the sec mm-hmm. you know our our culture our mission on their webpage microculture uh, culture of the office environment is what evolves when you've got individuals coming together to do a job and a company can't hire uh, attitudes or performance they 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 try Mm -hmm. but they can't necessarily predict or know how people are going to act once they're put in a room together you know it's like you know five spices in a
0: soup Mm -hmm. it's going to change. That's an excellent metaphor.
1: Just, yes, just like it, now, thank you. Now we're in the kitchen. Here we go.
0: We, we went from the office to the kitchen. <laughs> well, the, that's another podcast, In the Kitchen. In the Kitchen. With Dr. the the, the, the kitchen is a business too, yeah.
1: you know, if they run right. Mm-hmm. So just because... Pepper spicy. I mean, if you put it in a sauce with a jalapeno, you're not going to notice it too much.
0: Well, I think also we
1: can ex- we can extend. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah, really want to yeah. go there,
0: <laughs> but you, you can extend that metaphor to kind of the restaurant model, where out front Correct. it may be very serene. the The atmosphere is projected as a very romantic or a very sedate. Quiet dining environment, and then you walk through those swinging doors into the kitchen. Right, and there's a whole other microculture. And the group.
1: fur is flying. Yeah, yeah, because
0: they've got to get the food prepped. Out. Gordon Ramsay's uh, back there. Yeah, he's throwing dishes. And <laughs> at but that's a that's a good example. This of is roar. <laughs> this is an example of how microcultures can be projected one way by right. the company on a corporate level. Correct. But then when you get into that correct that subgrouping, and you have the correct. individuals working. Uh, within smaller groups in the company, and that, that subset.
1: Correct. And that is the intricacy of individuals, right? So that's why this model, you know, when you say, well, let's talk about corporate culture and belonging in this and that," you can on a macro level, but let me tell you, when you distill it down to human beings and their interactions it's a whole new ball
0: game and good company management then realizes that there are different styles uh, that fit different individuals. So you yes. can have different teams that function under a totally different set of standards. Yes. And yet they're both efficiently functioning yes, and producing and contributing.
1: And that's the balance, right? Um, that we get into in our next venture, the burnout to belonging for managers is how do we establish baseline minimums, right? Um, things that we absolutely will and will not do or tolerate, mm-hmm. yet give the flexibility for um, a professional kind of makeup of a group.
0: And so it leads to uh, the, the question that you start to answer in this chapter, which is how do you identify these microcultures if many of the aspects are kind of invisible? Correct. In picture. Correct. You know? So we, we, you know, we want to fit in. We're going into an interview for a job and we'll, we'll get to that in a, a future chapter when we start talking about those interview questions yes. and things that you can do. Yes. But, um, it does create interviewing challenges both for the, the, the hiree and the hirer. Yes. To try to get that right fit. And like you said, you may not know until the person's already on staff and then you realize this isn't a very good fit. Sure. Or this person has the skill set we want, but doesn't have the interpersonal connections to the group. That, will
1: be that are important. And it makes it sound, you know, capricious and like the in crowd or the in club. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And, and two, the other thing, as an interviewer, you're going in and talking to someone, maybe in HR, you need to have the opportunity to speak to people in operations or the people that you'd actually be working with. Because you might get a response from an individual uh, based on their perceptions, and you might not be working with them. Mm-hmm you know, the HR uh, manager that you're interviewing with might be a lovely person who's inclusive and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, dynamic and open. Mm -hmm. And the actual uh, department that Mm -hmm. you're going to be in may not be like that. Yeah,
0: the the team group that's saying, hey, the new guy or the new girl starts tomorrow. Yeah. I wonder who they hired. Yes. Who are we going to, quote unquote, have to work with? Exactly. Someone else made that decision. And then the other side of that, is um, you're interviewing and you have the skills, you have the resume, you've worked hard, you've built this great representation of a skill set, right? And you you've presented yourself well, and you seem to meet all the criteria the, you know the published criteria of mm-hmm. the job description, and then you still get that thank you for applying,
1: and you don't get the and job. You don't get the job, and you think I'm I'm more than qualified. Mm-hmm. I know that I can contribute in a positive way. What's wrong with them? Why don't they want me? And then you think, wait a minute,
0: is it me? And then and then that imposter syndrome starts right. to kick in. Where am I not, do I not have what it What's takes? What's happening? Yeah, did I spend all that money right. for this degree and I'm really not marketable?
1: Right. And then you think, well, in retrospect, you may learn, you may never get the chance to learn, but you may hear things when it's actually a blessing that you don't get called <laughs> for a job in certain places, right? Yeah. And two, I think we want to be so eager and so willing to help and fit in that we're not necessarily honest with ourselves you know about what kind of microculture we would be the best in so if we know that we want a tribe mm-hmm. and we we project that we're an island because that's what the job requires they may hire us thinking that we're going to fit but we won't be happy that way
0: and that's what the book attend, uh, uh, attends to is trying to get that good match from the beginning So that you're not in that traditional model where, you know what? I looked at the salary. I looked at the work, the work hours. I looked at the the educational requirements and the path to success. And this is the road I want to go on. And I'm putting all my chips in Mm -hmm. on this one draw and I hope it works out. And then you get in and you realize it's not what it was cracked up. Yeah.
1: What did I do? And now what do
0: I do? Mm. So you, you identify some, um, some steps that, That people can take to identify these hidden qualities for the job. I know. The secret. The secret. Unlock the... Yes. We have a special code in the back of the book. Unlock the environment.
1: (laughs) Get your decoder rings out. But you talk about
0: um, asking and focusing on some of these key aspects, like the tools people use and how they use them.
1: Sure. Sure. That's tools and technology. Mm -hmm. So how do we communicate? what, What are the preferred modes of communication? How do most people meet? Are we in groups? Do we email? Um, is it unidirectional? Is it collaborative? Um, you know, how do we get our job done? Mm-hmm. Are we in workstations? Mm-hmm. Are we in cubicles? Are we distance mm-hmm. from each other? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we? How do we go about our day to
0: day? And then also finding out where those established boundaries are. Exactly. When does, when does the communication stop? When am I allowed my free time? Yes. Am I supposed to be available to answer texts and emails
1: continuously,
0: which is one of the problems people are facing now. Correct. In the, in this new technically connected world, you go on vacation, but are you really on vacation? Because everybody knows, you know, the answer, where's that file? Exactly. What did you tell the client before you left? We need to touch base with you. And you don't get that escape. You can't unplug and disconnect.
1: Yes. And wouldn't that, wouldn't knowing that and understanding that Mm -hmm. help you weed out jobs right away.
0: Yeah, because there are definitely people who want a separation and and aren't consumed by a job identity, job-only identity, and they want to cultivate their hobbies, they want to find their free time, and they want to spend quality time with family and friends.
1: Yes, and then there's there's, um, employers who may quietly anticipate that you're going to be available after hours, but they won't come out and say it mm-hmm. because they know that that would turn people off. Yeah. Right. So if you're sitting in an interview and you, and you say, well, you know, how do, um, what is the technology and how do we, how do we do our jobs? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, is it in, in person, face to face, how many times a week, you know? Um, and they say, well, uh, we'll give you an email account so that you can have access twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Oh boop, right there. <laughs> and we'll give you we'll give you a, a, a company cell phone that we expect that you'll use uh only for for work. And uh, you know, we're gonna also, you know, set up a an online message board. Okay, right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. over communication. I'm gonna miss something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are five different avenues for someone to communicate with me, I'm going to miss something or I'm going to be up all night mm-hmm. looking for things just so I can feel like I know what's going on.
0: And that's where you have to be honest with yourself and say, yeah. I have a personality that can say, I don't like this. I, and I, <laughs> I I will I will increase my stress and anxiety continually worrying. Am I doing enough? Do they like it? Yeah. Am I being a good employee?
1: I didn't see that memo. Yeah. That's because it was on the message board. Not in the email and not in the text and not, you know.
0: So this talks, this also goes to part of how the leaders of the group or the department and how they act and interact. Yes. Not just the technology and the connection, but also how do they act to each other? What's that management style?
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you in interviews, no one asks the question, what tools and technology do you use? To do this job mm-hmm. and how do people use it? I guarantee. Mm-hmm. But just by asking that question, you know, they're going to tell you how they communicate and they'll rattle it off, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And and the last mm-hmm. is that you can tune into the language that they use. Oh, absolutely. So I want you to just kind of expound a little bit about on the, the subtlety of language and how you can pick up on that.
1: So you know, you'll hear things uh, in, in interviews or you'll hear descriptions of jobs and, well, we normally like to do this, okay, or we expect this. This is how, um, you know, this is how the policies are. These are the regs or this is, this is the, you know, the, the kind of um, legal regulation for this particular industry or category, but this is how we do things here. Okay, so there's the stated job description, and then there's the real real, okay, which is what you hear. Well, normally on Fridays, you know, we don't like to engage new projects because, uh, you know, we find that uh, that's confusing and people don't pay attention. Okay, right there, you know. One, you're not going to probably be able to communicate with your bosses or you're not going to find people. So if you're a real Friday push-through uh-huh. person, you're not going to get a lot done. You're uh-huh. going to be frustrated. Um we We like to conduct our meetings this way, mm-hmm. okay, so there's there's this is how we do it. this is how we like it done. This is what we would like to see. This is what we require.
0: Yeah. two different things and, and you also listen for the for the butt. We encourage creativity of thinking outside the box, and we encourage our employees to pursue. New venues, but but
1: we have no mechanism for you to be able to communicate your ideas. Yes. <laughs> how do you communicate ideas? How you know, and that, that gives you a sense when you're talking with someone, um, how, how free am I to to give ideas and be creative if that's important to you? Right, if that's if that's the kind of thing where you're a dynamic person and you like group interaction and you like seeing things fulfilled and you like you know getting excited and working together, um, well, what are the mechanisms for doing that? How do we get ideas for new products? How how do we suggest change? How often do you change? Now you ask an employer that. And you can get a real feel for, is this a chaotic environment?
0: That's constantly chasing some new idea or some new trend.
1: Is this chaotic? And we can't, you know, I remember a work environment that they changed forms and and they would change the forms. We'd have copies of the new forms that we had to use. And before we could use the copies, before we could use the copies up, there was a new form. (laughs) Finally, I went and put a moratorium on it. And I wasn't the boss, Um, but I did have people, you know, coming Mm -hmm. to me saying, we're getting emails, again, emails at 3 Mm a.m., okay? We're getting emails that we have to change this the first thing at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we haven't used the copies from last week's change. And I'd say, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that's when I'd have to go in and say, you may not change the forms until the copies are all used up.
0: Mm. <laughs> we, in, in a background that I bring to this, there's a there the uh, education loves acronyms, and right? There's a push for for PLCs, professional learning communities, yeah. And the idea is to uh, promote self guided and self directed learning
1: mm-hmm. down
0: multiple paths, and yet,
1: i.e. that's that's after dinner at seven thirty, yeah,
0: right? <laughs> and it still has to fit the big picture. So it's like we want to give you personal choice, but yet we're going to give you that you that you have this round peg but you got to put it in our square hole correct and it's and there, there's there's not the freedom to pursue what it is that you want because of the the kind of the corporate or sure the, or, or the managerial decision that everyone's moving this way although we're going to give the impression that you're going in your own direction we're still all moving in this
1: direction. right. That's what I like to call as a parent the illusion of choice. <laughs>
0: yeah, the illusion of choice. That's, good. that's a good Yeah,
1: choice. when they're yeah. little. My son isn't little anymore, but, you know, would you like to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the illusion of choice. He thought he was picking his wardrobe. No. <laughs> I was telling you what your choices were.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's, you know, that's you know, another book. The
1: illusion, <laughs> the illusion of choice? The illusion of choice. That title's probably been used because i you hear that concept in a lot of different things, <laughs>
0: you know that's true, so we we talk about this you know learning how to refract your needs through those key components, tools, leaders, and language, and you sum refract, that. yeah
1: It's a good concept yes.
0: so that this all leads to this idea that that positive work culture then attracts talent and engagement. Because creative energy that sure. that 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 will transfer to employees, yes. and it becomes a place desirable to work.
1: You can pick up on that, mm-hmm. you know. And it's also important too, um, uh, you know. And I want to I want to say this: it's also important too to say, well, it's a, if it's a company that's known for innovation, mm-hmm. well, how many people are really innovating? Not all of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? They would implode. Nobody would show up to their desk. They'd all be off. <laughs> You know, innovating. Well, who's getting the job done, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you want to clarify. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're with a company, well, we, you know, we believe in innovation and we're creative and we're this and we're that. Well, who gets to decide? Mm -hmm. How are projects decided? Mm
0: -hmm. Where does the funding go?
1: Yeah. And how, how do we determine what our next job is? How do we determine what our next project is? How do we determine um, what we think is going to be profitable or not profitable? If it's a if it's a you know uh, snowball rolling down the hill, you're not in creativity. You're in you're in execution, baby, and you're grunting it out. Mm-hmm. So, not everybody is the idea generator, and you want to know, you want to know where that comes from. So, are you in a stodgy do as I say office, right, mm-hmm. or? Do so you have the opportunity to participate in directing?
0: Mm. Yeah, you kind of talk about that as as brand identity is different from work culture. Yes, you know that brand identity yes. may come forward as that again that marketed yes um, persona, you know yes. corporate persona versus the reality of the work culture the, the on the job. You know, yes. If you're promoting creativity and you imagine being in a room with other creative people and it's this big whiteboard, you know, throwing ideas out If you out think
1: there. you're in a think tank.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> and you're not.
0: And you're not. Because <laughs> there's still XYZ that's expected to get done by 5 o'clock on Friday.
1: Sure. Because somebody generates the ideas and yeah. someone executes them. Who's doing what? And I, and I guarantee, again, with, with that vein of questions mm-hmm. or discussion… You're going to really find out where you fit and what's expected of you, right? So a company could say, we value input and innovation from our team members. Well, what are some of your current initiatives that are going on that were generated from the team? So which bank teller came out with this new investment line you have right here? (laughs) Oh, that didn't happen?
0: That didn't happen. Oh. (laughs) So workplace culture then really gets impacted by By four separate, um, entities. There's management. Yes. There's policy. Yes. There's colleagues. Yes. And then there is that kind of conduit between them, which is that team leadership. Yes. That kind of drives policy. Right. Connects communication between management and workers. But then there's that aspect of, of that collegiality, how yeah. do you
1: get along in the team? How much interplay do we have? You know, and as, as a cohort, if we all agree, how many of us does it take to agree until we can affect a change or affect a policy? Mm-hmm. You know, are we a unit that can, you know, create things? Can we self-determine? Mm-hmm. Are we those people that are that good at our jobs that we can say, we do not want the air conditioning above our heads, put it over there? Mm-hmm. How many of us need to say that, right? So I don't want to say it's power, but what level of influence do we have and and what level of control can we have over our
0: environment? And you you point out that that direct correlation that exists between culture and performance. So that when there is a healthy work culture, in whatever um, manifestation of that occurs, whether it's in one of the microcultures that you've identified or a blend of some sort, Um, there's a direct correlation between that and an employee performance. Yes. And the studies show that that positive work culture yields higher company value.
1: Sure. You know, and, and my, my ideas and thoughts when I read that were, well, who defines what the culture is Mm -hmm. and what is successful for one company might not work in another. And, and that really was the, the impetus to, to thinking about microcultures because I thought, well, I've seen different, you know, work environments function extremely well and their microcultures weren't the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what defines a culture and what defines a successful culture? Is it that people get along? Is it that people are profitable or or units, business units are profitable? Is it that, um, you know, the ideas that are generated amongst a group are very um, successful? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you define that?
0: Yeah. But one of the common threads within that is that healthy companies and businesses all make room for adaptation and are willing to respond to change. Yes. If you stay stuck. Correct. They have to. You have to be open to change and adaptation.
1: And look at the big change that we just went through.
0: That unhealthy culture yields loss of productivity, loss of sales, can lead to budget cutbacks, Sure. Letting people go. And it creates that culture of doom and gloom because you just sure. do know. Everybody wants job security. Right. You know, everybody wants to know they're going to get that paycheck. They just mm-hmm. moved the family into the new house. The kids are just starting in a new school. And then you have to worry, is my company going to be here in six months or a year? Yes. Because we have to be forward looking. Who's can,
1: leading, right? Who's leading. Who's leading.
0: And there's a. I put a little note in here, in my notes. Oh, my. Because I heard a really unique a uh, concept uh, identified on on my commute to work and they talked about quiet quitting. Did you hear about this? Yes. It
1: it came up because Google must be listening to both of our phones. I, yeah.
0: or, it, our it, or our podcast.
1: Or our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it came through my feed this mm-hmm. week, the new concept okay. of quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't um I think it was healthline is that what I was? think it was Healthline Daily okay. News because I read it mm-hmm. voraciously because of all the other issues. You know, I'm in the healthcare field mm-hmm. and they're getting away from some of the some of the, you know, immediate concerns um, to mental health again.
0: Right. I think mm-hmm.
1: it might have been that.
0: And I thought it was a neat way of, quitting. Address, of addressing one of the ways of coping with burnout. You're not yes. in a position to walk away. You do feel trapped. Right. You feel you're under, not happy. You feel undervalued. You're not happy, yes. but you're going to just go through the motions and get that check. Absolutely, and that is not going to benefit the company at all. No, and a good a good company manager would recognize that. But in an unhealthy work environment, an unhealthy culture, Correct. those people can continue to linger in that position, Quiet impacting, quitting. impacting mm-hmm. other members of the team because they're not doing their fair share, but no one's pointing that out.
1: Right. No one's holding them accountable. We used to call that plateaued mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Not that we're aging ourselves. We're yeah. not that old, but you know, yeah, the jargon, business jargon does evolve, doesn't it? Yeah. And and when I saw that, I immediately thought about burnout and I said, well, that's that's exactly what they're doing. And they're quietly quitting because they're not going to st- or what we would say stick their neck out. Mm-hmm. Why should I stick my neck out for this company? Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're only gonna take advantage of me. They're not recognizing me. Mm-hmm. They're not promoting me. If I work twice as hard, I'll be working twice as hard. Mm-hmm. I won't earn twice as much and I won't have a better job. Mm-hmm. So quiet quitting is um, you know, I'm gonna be in neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hold up the I'm not gonna hold up the train, but I'm not gonna push it either. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and you just maintain, and I think that that
1: you start I, to co- you start to worry about covering mm-hmm. yourself, yeah right yeah you start to worry about um making sure that you're you're walking that fine line mm-hmm. between meeting standards mm-hmm. and and being subpar mm-hmm. and you start to spend a lot of time uh justifying and covering your actions mm-hmm. versus. Doing your best and, and, you know, yeah. and trying
0: feel, and feeling good about that and feeling because, good about it because you're not contributing yeah. to something and feeling rewarded and feeling rewarded and the, the, the companies that foster, um, that identity, helping the, the, the employee find that sense of identity and purpose and value yes, then gain value as the company. And, and so that the work culture, workplace culture, uh, they can form naturally, but that's not the best approach. They need to be cultivated. They need to be identified. Yes. And they need to be purposefully crafted and maintained.
1: Crafted and managed. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, and one of the things you, you you talk about is that you can't follow others' visions. You have to establish a, a company vision. And you have to be proactive, yes. not reactive to that.
1: There's, there's so much literature spotlighting successful companies um, and successful uh Ben & Jerry's, Toms, right? Mm-hmm. These companies that had a mission, they had values, they lined up, you know, mm-hmm. behind the values, they invested a lot of money and a lot of time. And then voilà, it's like overnight, overnight we're stars, but it's actually something they've been doing for 10 plus mm-hmm. years, right? Um you can't course correct that quickly in a large corporation. But everybody wants to put out these examples mm-hmm. of, well look who's doing it right. Mm-hmm. Well, right is right for them. Right, not right, might not be the same um, definition for us, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some companies are are kind of centered around innovation. Some around customer service. Some around you know overseas expansion. Some around you know charitable causes. Right.
0: It depends. And you have to make sure that if you're, if you're idolizing a certain company mission right. or, or organization or business plan, how much of that is actual versus how much of that is the way the company was marketed. So, you Correct. know, the mm-hmm. appearance versus reality. Mm-hmm. And if you align mm-hmm. with something that was crafted as an appearance, yes, and it might be working for that company, but if you don't foster the workplace culture and identity to make that happen for you,
1: Right, you you're just someone yeah. else's vision and it won't work. It won't work. It won't work. And it doesn't mean that you have to be unique and come up with something that no one else has ever done well. It just means that you have to, to kind of as a, as an entity look within mm-hmm. and say, you know, what fits
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's that it's that not giving things away for the future. Boy am I talking about what's to come today, mm-hmm. but it's that strategy that it's mm-hmm. called the blue ocean strategy.
0: Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it.
1: So, uh, uh, briefly, because then we can get into it later. But the, it's blue ocean versus red ocean. So a red ocean is full of sharks and blood. Okay. Okay. Literally, it's a red ocean because people are tearing at each other okay. for, <laughs> for uh, competing over the same customers, okay. same resources.
0: Everybody wants that one piece of pie.
1: Yeah, okay. and there's only so much pie, mm-hmm. and we're going to fight over it, okay. and and it's going to be blood in the water. Mm-hmm. It's a red ocean strategy so that anything that we gain is because we're taking it out of someone else's hide. A blue ocean strategy is, well, let's think about and innovate into areas um, that are not served. New horizons, right? Places that we haven't been Mm -hmm. or where there is less or little or no competition. Things that make sense to a business is they, is they become more diverse or divest. Mm-hmm. So same thing with employee management, right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to just put everyone in a room and say, listen, I've got, you know, one raise to give out mm-hmm. and which one of you is going to get it? <laughs> right? Or do we say, let's all of you go over here and figure out how we're going to make 10 times as much money as the raises I want to give you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah where would people be working better, mm-hmm. right? A red ocean or a blue ocean, see? Yeah.
0: And, and so this idea of a, of a, of a template business plan can be a, a good starting point, but you have to be willing as a business and managers to react, step back and evaluate. And you talk about the difference of um, how you consider the type or environment of culture you wish to cultivate. Correct. And um, how you have to then make your plan and move toward it seriously and prioritize. Yes, there needs prioritize. to be a, a sense of, of prioritization. And a great way to do that you talk about is the anonymous survey.
1: Yes. If it's truly anonymous, yeah. Well, that's 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 the big part, you know. When you get that
0: Google form
1: that says it's not tracking, it says your we're email not tracking address, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Please or,
0: answer honestly. How do you how do you rate your current manager? Right. <laughs> and you know he's talking to IT, pulling up. All right, now who gave me? And then
1: you can ratings? say, I recognize that handwriting. That, yeah, right. That's when you want to have an outside agency do it for you mm-hmm. because they don't know who's who. Mm-hmm. And they have no vested interest in a certain outcome. Mm -hmm. So it's easy enough to to do that um, outside Mm -hmm. of the company and have a subcontractor or vendor do that for you. They have mechanisms of setting it up so that uh, it can be anonymous. Now, if you're in a department with one person and you identify your department, (laughs) they're going to know who that is.
0: Or there's three people.
1: Or three right. people, they that, can
0: that, probably no, figure we it know out who that is. Yes. Um, but to outsource it then is, is very effective, and it allows the, the company to to listen to employees and then to, also yeah. to provide buy-in.
1: to hear things that they maybe normally wouldn't hear.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and this this leads to the potential for having a competitive edge because now now employees feel that they are being heard. Mm-hmm. That they're, that they're yes. part of the company, part of the process. Yes,
1: you yes. have to you have to implement. Mm-hmm. So there's there's yes. there's one one phase of of idea generation or surveys, and then there's what do
0: you do with it? That's the the, the dreaded this year's consultant. Yes, this year we're using this consult. We're bringing in a consultant agency, uh, and you say, you know what? That doesn't fit. We but we we've, we've done this and you don't you didn't listen to us last time. Right. You
1: Why know, should so. I talk to the consultant when all you did was let us vent? Basically, you paid someone to let us vent. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and and they felt like that there's that, uh, that well, no, oh, oh, I didn't retain your that right, the the, the well, it's not fallacy of choice? What was it?
1: Oh, the illusion the of illusion choice. Illusion of choice. Yes. <laughs> we made yes. you feel
0: like you were giving you were giving input. input and mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah. And then it doesn't get implemented. Um, but when it is implemented, that yields to employee retention because they sure. feel a sense of satisfaction. They're contributing. They're being heard. Productivity goes up. Sure. Um, the workplace stress and anger mm-hmm. dissipates because they feel they've been heard and some of the, the uh, conflict is, is meeting with resolution and there's a better efficiency. And so that it, it creates that open dialogue of value for the employee and a valued employee will then feel a desire to contribute.
1: Yes, if you think that your suggestions are being taken into consideration and you see them being implemented, you're more likely to to give input. And it's all how do you how do you communicate in upper management that this idea came from someone within the organization. So, what I mean, what's the most what's the first words you see when there's a survey? Your comments matter. Right. Help us improve. No. And and then comp- and then in companies where you have quiet quitters mm-hmm. would say, well, "Why should I give you my creative efforts mm-hmm. so you can make more money out of I'll it?" I'll just
0: say everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I'll just like flatline, baseline. Give the the safe mm-hmm. baseline on a scale of 1 to 10, you put a 5. Yes. I turned it in. I didn't yes. upset anybody if I rated it low. You know they're going to start wondering who's who's stirring the pot, right? So I'll just take that sure. path of least resistance.
1: Or you know, like for example, subscription services or things that, you know, we'll we'll use the academic model maybe, because, not because it's the, there's it's not profit oriented, but you you know, we we'll like we like to switch switch it up. We've been talking about businesses a lot today, but. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we improve our processes? Well, if I'm graduating, what do I care about the kids that are, um, you know, coming up behind me? Why do I want to make it easier for them? Mm-hmm. I'll go get a job and get hired to make it easier, and I'll keep my ideas to myself, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. So, there's there's this realization that change is inevitable, and if if management and the work the work culture realizes that change will come. No one's business can remain static and stay mm-hmm. successful. And if you can have that culture, which promotes that positive interaction, the open communication, the open dialogue, and you prioritize culture, that's a win-win.
1: Yes. That's a healthy dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, it, and, and that's without a lot of um, constraints, Right. Mm-hmm. What does a healthy dynamic look like? It's that mm-hmm. where people feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh suggesting they're heard, there's implement you know, there's implementation mm-hmm. and uh you know, without repercussion. And,
0: and I think what we what we saw, and you, you talk about it in the book, the great resignation.
1: Yes. That,
0: you know, people were fed up. And when the pandemic hit, it also provided An open door to say
1: wonderful excuse to 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 leave and look what happened Mm -hmm. and that's why they're calling it the great resignation Mm -hmm. so now we have to go go back to work we need we need our paychecks we're still not happy what are we doing Mm -hmm. we're quietly quitting Mm
0: -hmm. I thought it I mean yes the the progression is is absolutely predictable it is when you see that
1: and that's burnout
0: Yeah. yeah. I have to go back to a job that I don't like where I don't feel valued where I I don't feel comfortable. I don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, you know, I always jokingly laugh about, about public school teaching. And I always say, you know, they make that summer vacation long enough that I'm foolish to think that I'm independently wealthy and don't have to work. for yeah,
1: That's a living. right. That's and right. then
0: the hard reality hits <laughs> that you have to go back and, and leaving the work environment allowed people to kind of reassess and then say, Why am I going back there? I don't enjoy it. What are my options? What are my options?
1: Mm -hmm. That was a, it's a brilliant time as an employer to really attract talent from the employer's side. They have, you know, behind the scenes names for employees like that, Mm -hmm. the quiet quitters. But here was, you know, here was a brilliant opportunity to kind of revamp and restart yourself. We'll have to, we'll have to see yeah. which companies look at it that way mm-hmm. and what they do with it
0: and, and and as an employee you're very marketable right now if you yes. have your skill set and you go out and you you're approaching this new job search with the um, realization that no I do have options and know that traditional model doesn't really exist in our culture anymore. Nobody's getting that gold watch. Nobody's right. serving that thirty years for the pension. It's really on me, and I can kind of pick and choose my path. Which is why, if we study these five microcultures as you set set out in the book, and start to realize and honestly evaluate, where's my best fit? That's, we, that's a yeah. Great where's step. my
1: who am I? What what? Where do I work the best? I think that's a question that no one wants to ask themselves. Well, what do you mean, where do I work the best? I am the best. I'm a good employee. Okay, you're a good employee, but what makes you a happy employee? And if you're going to spend the time looking for a job, rather than the I'll just take anything Hmm. mentality because I have to put food on the table, yeah, you do. But you can also have a job while you're looking for another job. So I'm not implying that, you know, it's either all or nothing. Sit home or give me the moon. (laughs) You know?
0: (laughs) The practical side of life. Yeah.
1: Um, But there's the, listen, if you're going to do it, do it right. And why not? Why not take the time to say, what does make me? an excellent employee? What kind of an environment makes me an excellent yeah. employee? How do I act when I'm an excellent employee? And why not go look for that? Yeah. You may find it. You may not. Yeah. If you don't, then start your own company.
0: Don't let life define you. Yeah. Let yourself define the life that you want.
1: Yeah. To and, and be honest with yourself about, you know, listen, don't make it any more challenging or miserable we have this attitude about work that it has to be miserable. We have this attitude about our bosses that they're, you know, we have to disagree with them. You know, we have this attitude from boss to employee that we have to keep an eye on them or they'll take advantage. Well, you know, that's not, that's not the way to get through your career. Rather what kind of an employee Makes me happy to come to. If you're if you're a manager, what kind of employees make me happy to come to work? Yeah. Yeah. And let's let's write down what kind of employees make me happy to come mm-hmm. to work. And what do they look like? <laughs> uh-huh. What not what do they look? Not what are you know their appearance, but right. what what characteristics mm-hmm. do they have? Yeah. What you know? And then you're opening the doors to finding people that you may have never looked at before. Mm-hmm. I just saw something. You know, you talk about median. I'm a fan of. Um, Um, of the UFC and Dana White and Mm -hmm. um, he and you know I I just love the sport and I like what he's done with the Mm -hmm. with the the industry and he saved it and has made it more than anyone could ever imagine but he he has an Instagram a very active Instagram and he he showed a video a couple of years ago of a gal who was a security officer at Best Buy Mm -hmm. And someone was trying to steal a TV, and he, she was trying to prevent them from stealing the TV. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of trying to herd this guy away from the front door so that he couldn't run out with this TV, uh-huh. right? Well, and she was doing an excellent job. She wasn't hurting. She wasn't jumping on his back or anything. Mm-hmm. She was trying to steer him away from taking this TV. And, and I thought, looking at it, I'm not a security expert, but I thought she was doing everything right. And uh, she got fired. He saw the video and saw that she got fired. And he said, um, here she is. This is her second, and this is what the Instagram, this is her second year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And you may remember, I saw a video of her getting fired from Best Buy for doing her job and being a good security guard. So I called her up and I hired her. <laughs> and he said, she's the best security Ever. Uh-huh. And and she looked at him and she said, and he's the best boss ever. And he kissed her on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And that was the, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a small enough company that he can do that. And it was mm-hmm. done the right way yeah. and in the right intent. And, you know, he wasn't being.
0: But he recognized yeah. value, the, the qualities of a valuable employee as he defined them. Yes. And acquired that.
1: If he didn't see this video, mm-hmm. he never would have seen her. Mm-hmm. And if she had never had someone put that video out there or wasn't afraid to talk about why she got mm-hmm. fired. She would have never been able to come and, and, you know, work at the UFC. And I saw that and I thought, wow. Yes, because he, you know, he does things like that for people, which it's great because, like, when we talk about it's good to be the boss, it's good mm-hmm. to be he can do that. Mm-hmm. He can get on the phone and say, hey, uh, who is that gal? I would like to interview her and I think it's wrong that she got fired and I want to give her a job, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what he said. What are the qualities that I like in my employees? And here he met this young woman and she met him. Whereas if he had just put it, you know, put an ad in the paper or had his head of security interview and hire someone, mm-hmm. would, would that maybe have happened? if if she had to put on her resume i got mm-hmm. fired why well cuz some guy was stealing a tv and my job is to <laughs> yeah. not let him get through the front right. door with the tv
0: and i i was doing what i thought was
1: yeah the, and my employer right. thought that i was you know
0: i didn't follow the manual
1: I, yeah <laughs> well she didn't take the tv and hit him over the head with it yeah. she was just trying to corral him from not and not take yeah. the tv mm-hmm. you know so yeah. he saw it and he said mm-hmm. That's the kind of employee I like. So that's an aside, mm-hmm. but you know. But I
0: think the the, the <laughs> but, skill set that he it, has to yes. be, to be the boss is that he's had those he, honest conversations with himself about identifying what do I value.
1: I here. like that. Yeah, I like what she did, and I think it's wrong mm-hmm. that she got fired. And I have the mechanism and means to have a job for for this woman, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. but they. They're happy working with each other and match made in heaven, right? So here, he said, as a boss, he said, well, what kind of employees make me happy to come to work every day? Mm-hmm. And he gets to pick
0: them, mm-hmm. you know? Which means he knows what his work culture is. Yes. He knows, and he's cultivating it. Yes. You know, and as a boss, that's, that's I won't say it's rare, but that that's what you feel is the demand for the next book, uh, for managers, yeah. helping them. Or not to belonging for managers. Yeah. But you end this. Absolutely. Yeah, you end this chapter, um, as you do all your chapters with your journaling questions. Yes. So you're talking about these honest, honest, um, this kind of self evaluations, this, this way to process and identify what you need in order to yes. be happy and successful.
1: How do I, how do I feel and what am I doing when I am the best employee?
0: And, and mm-hmm. how, and, and that this burnout that we're trying to, End that we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid the, the quiet quitting. We're trying yes. to avoid of just calling it in, just phoning it in because it's a paycheck. Right. Because you get this one life and it's your work life and it's a third of your day. Absolutely. And so if you have this open and honest um, conversation with yourself, if you're truly not happy where you are or you want to be happier, the book's gonna help you process that a little bit better.
1: Correct, yeah. correct. The first journaling question in this chapter is what does culture mean to you? So based on what we said about corporate culture, I think that's the first thing people would answer mm-hmm. if they said, Well, you know, it's what is the company's mission and do they are they do they pollute? Mm-hmm. You know, do they club seals? What do they do? You know. <laughs> do they club seals? <laughs> well- we have to save those conversations where, where you, for after the you cast.
0: Get, you know, you can I, tell we're listen, coming up on the close of the hour. Silly,
1: yeah. I, you know, the aftercast uh, for, our subscri- yes, yeah. for our subscribe, yeah. The subscribers.
0: aftercast for our subscribers is when we really let it go because we 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 tend to to wander away from the the tenets of the book, yes, and, and start to respond to other real life scenarios.
1: Yes, Kim and Jim read the news. Yeah. That that's also yeah. very good. That's see, a good. See how t- I worked that in though with these the, things the, happen.
0: The reference to the news and you were talking about yes. Healthline, yes, news and and the quiet quitting. So we, we quiet it, quitting. We got a and we little both
1: bit. saw it independently. People, I swear, my hand is in the air. We did not talk about yeah. that before. We both saw it. Yeah, and 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 went. Wait you a minute, why?
0: because we're informed, and that's, that's why right. we're here.
1: And that's why we're that's here. That's why we're here. <laughs> so, what does culture mean to you in terms of? you know microculture office culture and that can be good or bad mm-hmm. it can you can talk about you can learn just as much from cultures you didn't like to ones that you do you know mm-hmm. and and you can say well you know what well, what was the i would challenge someone if they said i don't know i don't want to talk about it then let's write down what the worst cultures have been in when did you feel the worst mm-hmm. people can get in touch with that really quick especially oh, yeah. if they're disgruntled yeah. right yeah. okay so that's what it is well then what would utopia be like mm-hmm. and don't tell me when you're where you didn't have to work because mm-hmm. that's not one of the answers yeah,
0: you know that's harder to articulate it's it so is. much easier to be critical than it is yes to focus on on the positive yes I think on our society we have a it's lot so of,
1: easy yeah it yeah it's so easy to default to um an unhappy mm-hmm. state or emotion sure go with it and write it down mm-hmm. what was it because if you know what made you unhappy, then I can tell you that I know what would make you happy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's that leads into the second. It's based on the cultures you've been part of. What factors make you feel at ease, comfortable, mm-hmm. make you want to go mm-hmm. to work? And if you say, I've never had that, I get it mm-hmm. because I bet a lot of people, I bet the great majority mm-hmm. of employees – haven't had that. But if you know what you don't like, write that down too. Yeah. Because then from knowing what you don't like, we would put that under places to avoid. Mm-hmm. right?
0: I, th- I think we've seen uh, in, in this generation, we've seen that relaxing of um, social standards of, of what was considered office business casual now kind of reign supreme. Yes. You know, they'll you, you get the Brooks brother suit and the leather briefcase and you walk into corporate America and you know, my youngest just getting
1: is there a Brooks Brothers even open I, anywhere in Estados Unidos, right?
0: Probably. I bet I bet in New York there's still some Brooks Brothers.
1: I'm sure there are, but you know, that's kind of disappearing. Yeah.
0: And the idea of, you know, the three piece suit and yeah. you know um the the corporate model has embraced that. Well, let's let our employees be a little more relaxed in their in their attire. Sure. And that was an easy gift. But we
1: can't be more relaxed in our behavior. Yeah. Or our behavior has to still be within certain business professional parameters. Mm -hmm. And that's why certain places have uniforms, right? Mm -hmm. That's why sports teams have uniforms. That's why private schools have uniforms. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, bowling teams have uniforms. Why? Because we have a standard of behavior that we want to set.
0: I just got an idea. Oh. From burnout to belonging bowling. (laughs) We can get shirts for the, bowling, the team. bowling team.
1: Well, with that, we need to head into the after the cast because we we're getting we're gonna get funny here, kids. And if you see, again, we gotta go to the aftercast. But for our subscribers, they get bonus content. Bonus content. More to come.
0: That is it. You've been listening to you From Burnout to Belonging with Dr. Kimberly Carrozi. I'm your host, James Schofield. We'll see you after the cast.
1: Yes, we will.